Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with Susie Chase. She's just a home cook in New York City, sitting at her dining room table, talking to cookbook authors. My name is Marvin Gopoltos, and I'm the author of Pluton, Filipino Bar Bites, Appetizers, and Street Eats. People say Filipino food is intimidating, but you say anyone can make it. Talk a bit about that. I mean, all of the ingredients can be relatively easy to find at you know, your neighborhood supermarket, and if not there, then at your neighborhood Asian supermarket. And, you know, with, with all kinds of cuisines um, becoming more and more popular today, especially Asian cuisines and specifically Southeast Asian cuisines, these ingredients are easier to find now. So it, Filipino food is, might be new to people, but it's definitely not something that's inaccessible to people. Let's kick things off with you telling us what pulutan means. Generally speaking, pulutan uh, is the Filipino word. It, it translates to pick up with the fingers. So that generally refers to Filipino finger foods and appetizers and um, mostly uh, Filipino food that is that goes well with, with beers or other alcoholic beverages. Well, speaking of beers, you're a certified Cicerone. I am. That's amazing. Tell us about that. Uh, it's uh, it's a kind of an equivalent to uh, wine sommelier. Uh, like like sommeliers, the Cicerone program has different levels of certification. I don't want to bore everybody with it, but there's <laughs> uh, there's advanced Cicerones, master Cicerones, and uh, yeah. So I, I went through the process, and it was one of the hardest tests I've ever had to to do. It, you know, you had to uh, know different types of beer styles, uh, be able to identify beer flavors. And uh, it, it was something that I wanted to do for my cookbook. I heard because something I'll, like 30% of people pass the exam. Yeah, it's insane. They say that it's it's harder to take than, than the, the bar exam. I, 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 really, I really don't know how true that is. But it's it's a de- definitely a difficult test just based on having to taste a, a different variety of beers. Has Pulutan changed since pre-colonial days? Uh, yeah, it's it's changed a lot. Um, in my research for the book, I you know I, I found that when the Spanish arrived in the Philippines, you know, their, in their first written histories, they found that the Filipinos were already eating things with with their native alcohols, you know, rice wines and things like that. And what they had discovered was, you know, this wasn't part of like lunch or dinner, we, we Filipinos were actually, you know, eating snacks with alcohol. And the, the Spanish actually called it peloton. They spelled it in their, their Spanish way. Uh, but since then, you know, in, in pre-colonial times, we ate things, we snacked on things like turtle eggs and, and different kinds of uh, birds and fowl and things like that that were found in the islands. Uh, we still eat a lot of native foods that we've always eaten uh but we have a lot of for pluton we like to eat a lot of uh you know there's things like barbecued skewers uh lumpia which which is our type of egg rolls and you know all kinds of bar snacks from just normal peanuts to uh fried foods like uh what we have is quack quack which is fried quail eggs in a batter so things are definitely changed a lot since pre-colonial times. Describe the dish, Quek Quek. Uh, quek Quek traditionally is a Filipino street food of uh, hard-boiled quail eggs that are 
battered in an orange batter. And the, the batter is made orange by achuete oil, and it's deep fried. And the version in my book, I, I kind of uh, did a corn dog batter with, with the quail eggs just to make it kind of more fun and accessible. Let's talk about your beer and spam mac and cheese. How did you riff off J. Kenzie Lopez Alt's spam mac and cheese recipe? <laughs> His recipe originally just was super easy. It used just elbow macaroni, canned condensed milk, water, and cheddar cheese. And I just added spam and uh, Filipino beer to it, uh, San Miguel beer, in place of the water. And I got there because Kenji used canned condensed milk, and that's something I always had in my pantry along with Spam. It's kind of like a Filipino thing to have these uh, canned convenience foods in, in the pantry. So it just kind of went from there. And, you know, the, the, the macaroni boils in the beer, and then I added the Spam and the uh, condensed milk. It's super easy and super fun. What does the beer bring to the recipe? It brings a little bit of... The, the malt in the beer brings a little bit of nuttiness, which plays well with the cheese that I find. And I, I actually use a mix of uh, Edam or queso de bola, as it's called in the Philippines, and cheddar cheese. So the, the beer, depending on what beer you use, I mean, you could just use a can of Budweiser if you want. But that, that kind of maltiness uh, brings a, a nice balance to the cheese that I find. So what are the culinary and world influences that make up Filipino cuisine? Uh, well, we have uh, we've always had our own native like Malay influences from you know we're located in Southeast Asia, so we've always used uh, things like uh, you know citrus and fish sauce and fermented fish paste and things like that. But we also have influences from China, uh, things like our noodles and our egg rolls. Uh, we're influenced from the U.S. from their occupation of the Philippines, uh, so. Like I mentioned earlier, there's the canned convenience foods, uh, hamburgers, pizza, and fried chicken have become very popular since uh, from our uh, from the U.S. And also, we have a lot of Mexican influences. Uh, Spain and actually was colonized the Philippines and Mexico, and so uh, there's a lot of Mexican influences based on the Spanish uh, trade between Mexico and the Philippines. So. There's, there's a lot of Mexican influence as well. In the West, going out for drinks usually means meeting up with our friends at a bar. What does it look like in the Philippines? Uh, in the Philippines, it, you, you don't have to go to a bar. I mean, we, we have lots of family gatherings, and, uh, and it's all about camaraderie and being, being with family and friends. So we, we like to just eat and drink you know, whenever we can. It doesn't have to be a specific time of day or in a specific location. And that's the great thing about Pluton. You know, it, you don't have to have it after 5 p.m. The Philippines is a beer drinking country. Why do you think beer pairs so well with Filipino food? Uh, beer tends to have, uh, that tends to be more versatile than, say, wine, generally speaking. And, and so and that versatility lends itself to the, the wide, you know, breadth and depth of, of Filipino dishes and flavors. And, and so, you know, like just, just carbonation itself helps to cut through, you know, if, if for like a fried snack, it helps to cut through the fat or, you know, the bitterness in a beer helps pair, usually countersets, counterbalances, you know, saltiness and things. So beer's versatility and, you know, 
Filipino foods, you know, wide breadth of flavors. It, it just seems like a, a real easy pairing, uh, no matter what you're drinking or eating. What are your three C's of beer pairing basics? Uh, three C's, it's uh, cutting. You can use beer to cut flavors. So, for instance, uh, bitterness can cut through the grease in a fried food, and the carbonation can also have the same effect. Complementing. So, you know, uh, the bitterness in a beer could complement the bitterness like say in a in in a in a dish, or it could also complement the uh, the saltiness in a dish. And then contrast is is the same thing. So you can have a a bitter beer or a a smoky beer contrast the sweetness in a in a in a dessert, for example. So you have a whole chapter devoted to sweets. What is avocado con hilo? Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, yeah, it literally translates to uh, avocado with ice, and it's a very uh, traditional and common dish in the Philippines. It's literally just, I mean, it could be as simple as sliced avocado with crushed ice, and then depending on where you are, you could have sweetened condensed milk on top of that or, or coconut milk. Uh, uh, my version, I made a, a granita out of calamansi, which is a Filipino uh, lime. And then I, I paired that with a uh, avocado that I had uh, sugar on and brulee. So there's brulee avocado on top of the citrusy granita. Did your grandpa teach you how to make this? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's something that I I remember him because my grandfather lived with us when I was younger, and he I one day I just saw him eating avocados with like crushed ice that just ice cubes that he had crushed up and he poured condensed milk on, on it. And I, I, thought, I, I remember being a kid, I was like, Oh, that's a little weird. That's weird. <laughs> Cause you know, I, I, I grew up, I grew up here in the States, you know, eating ice cream and I had never seen him do that before. And I, I asked him what that was. And he said, Oh, it's just avocado and ice. And I, I didn't really think anything of it. I was like, Oh, that's kind of funny. And then as I had gotten older, I realized that it's, it's a real common snack in the Philippines. So, you know, it, I, I had kind of forgotten about the dish, but then when doing this cookbook, I kind of, I had I, that memory stuck out to me. And so, yeah, that, that, that's where uh, the inspiration came from. On Saturday, I made your recipe for crispy oven roasted pork belly on page 92. And oh, great. the all-purpose vinegar dip on page 31. The vinegar dip was just the perfect acidity to go with the fatty, crisp pork belly. Describe that vinegar dip. Uh, the vinegar dip, it, it, you can use Filipino vinegars. There's a lot of varieties of Filipino vinegars from, made from coconut sap or uh, cane vinegar. Uh, and then it has, uh, uh, it has diced shallots, uh, sliced um, green onions, and a little bit of chili flakes, salt and pepper. And yeah, uh, Filipinos use that as a dipping sauce for everything from fried egg rolls to fish, grilled fish, and like you said, the the crispy pork belly. It's just a great um, way, a great acidic point to uh, any any type of food. I put cilantro in mine. Oh, it's great! Really yeah, good. you could you could you could do any type of you know herb that you have in your pantry, and that works well. Yeah, cilantro works well. And I couldn't find the San Miguel beer to go with the meal. I was so bummed. 
Really? Yes. Where, are you, where are you based out? I live in New York City. Really? And yeah. can't find, that's so weird. I went to two beer stores that just only sell beer, and they looked at okay. me like I was crazy. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> so I'm going to find it, though. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it, here in California, it's, I mean, it's at our regular supermarket, so you don't even have to go to a specialty store. But they're pretty well, well distributed. But uh, any, you know, but you could sell Budweiser for San Miguel if you wanted, or any light lager for San Miguel. Oh, okay. That's good to know. You became the first Filipino-American food blogger to truly champion and showcase Filipino cuisine to a worldwide audience. Tell me about your blog, Burnt Lumpia. Uh, Burnt Lumpia is something I started out, gosh, it was a long time ago. I think 2007 is when I first started. And uh, the reason why I started that blog was I, I, you know, I, I didn't grow up. I don't have like a cool story of growing up in the kitchen with my mom by her side and learning how to cook Filipino food. I, I was into video games and, and cartoons and things like that. So I didn't grow up learning, you know, how to cook. And as I had gotten older and I moved away from home, I, it's when I really started to realize that, wow, I really miss my mom's cooking. And so you know, I would call, I would call her and I would call my grandmother and my aunt, my aunties and just ask for different recipes. And I just tried to cook Filipino food. And, and, and then I started documenting it on the blog. It was just a way for me to just kind of document my, my trials and tribulations, I guess. Did they have these recipes written down or were they just off the top of their head? No, nothing was written down. I mean, I'm sure like anybody who calls, who calls back home, their mom or their grandma, nothing's ever written down. Yeah. (laughs) So, so I, I took very good notes and I would go home or I would go to my grandmother's house and I would, I would actually bring a scale and a tape recorder and a notebook and kind of just record as much as I could and, and weigh everything they, that they, all the ingredients when we were, we would run through a recipe together. So that's kind of how, uh, that was kind of the school of cooking that I went to. I would just bring a scale and measuring cups to either my mom's house or my grandma's house and just had them show me a recipe. I love that. Did they think you were crazy? Yes, they did, especially <laughs> my grandmother. My grandmother was like, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? doing? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, and I told her, like, I have no idea what I'm doing. This is, so I have, I need, I, you know, my, my point was I needed to be as accurate as possible to start. So then I could, I mean, I didn't realize this at the time, but I guess this is just how, how uh, I got better at it. I I wanted to be accurate at first so that I had some sort of baseline that I could then riff off of later as I got better, which I guess goes for, you know, any kind of cook, you know, the more, the more reps you you have, the, the better you get at cooking. Now for my segment called my last meal, what would you have for your last supper? Uh, my last supper would actually be a Filipino dish uh, called pinakbet, which is uh, it's a Filipino vegetable dish that's stewed with pork belly and uh, fish sauce, and it has green beans and tomatoes and squash and bitter melon. People like to say it's like a Filipino ratatouille, but it, it's not really, but that's the comparison people always make. Uh, so that would be one thing. And I would have... Uh, my wife's apple pie, as crazy as that sounds, with 
with Filipino Pinakbet. And uh, I think that would be about it. And I'd have lots of beer, <laughs> lots of beer. Where can we find you on the web and social media? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. I'm most active on Instagram. It's at Burnt Lumpia. That's B-U-R-N-T-L-U-M-P-I-A. Uh, my blog is BurntLumpiaBlog.com. Uh, I'm also on Twitter with the same handle. And yeah, and you can find my books wherever books are sold, I guess. Well, thanks, Marvin, for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Thank you, Susie. Thank you so much for having me. Follow Susie Chase on Instagram at Cookery by the Book and subscribe at cookerybythebook.com or in Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening to Cookery by the Book podcast, the only podcast devoted to cookbooks since 2015.